like in uh, Fast and Furious, because it uh, it got here quickly after Brent's press conference. Parker Thune is already here. This is a record right here. Is it really? Yeah, I think it is a record. I well, think last, a record. last one of the year. There you go. So, setting the bar high for next season. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we're going to go to the text line, talk some recruiting here in a second. But first, we have a chance to play since Brent's presser is over, over a couple of clips for you. Uh, just in case you didn't get to hear some of it, let's first hear from Brent Vittables on the matchup this weekend in Lubbock. We got a great challenge now, finishing out the regular season, going out to, to Texas Tech. Uh, much improved Texas Tech team, playing with a lot of confidence right now. And as we know, uh, Tech plays really well at home, and they've played well on the road, but they play really well uh, at home. So not an easy place to go out and play. They'll, they'll have the place packed out uh, for the Sooners. Uh, they'll do a tremendous job in the environment and the atmosphere. So you know, my challenge to the team is, you know, Hopefully they're not satisfied uh, with with uh, winning a sixth game. And we got a lot of football still in front of us, opportunity to uh, really um, continue to create some momentum for us going into uh, postseason play. And again, a great challenge. We're going to need to play well uh, this week. Yeah, Tech at home. Uh, they started the season with a win over Murray State. They beat uh, Houston. Dana Holgerson's uh, Cougars were ranked number 25 in the country at that time. Uh, beat Texas in overtime at home, beat West Virginia handily at home, beat Baylor. Or they, their, their only uh, loss, actually, was the uh, Baylor game. Uh, and Baylor, you know, Baylor looked really good in that game, beats uh, the Red Raiders 45-17. to uh, Tech beat KU at home and uh, coming into the matchup 6-5. And, five. and uh, Parker, the Sooners have to prepare for a three-headed quarterback I don't know if monster is the right word, but it's a three-headed quarterback situation with Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, and Baron Morton for the Red Raiders. Gosh, Baron Morton. I remember watching him at the Elite 11. He was there the same year as Caleb. He lit up Oklahoma State, right? He's a, he's a, he's a nice quarterback, man. I remember watching him and being like, dang, he's really going to Texas Tech? He feels better than Texas Tech to me. But yeah, it's, a weird, it's always a weird deal when you go up against a team that rolls with multiple quarterbacks. Right, because on the one hand, what could end up happening is you're never able to establish an offensive rhythm because you're constantly mixing and matching quarterbacks. But on the other hand, as we've seen already this year for an opponent against Oklahoma, you think back to West Virginia, JT Garrett Daniels Green. and Garrett Green, yeah, yeah. you get a guy that starts to heat up, all of a sudden you can't solve him. You think Garrett Green can run? How about Donovan Smith? Uh, maybe a little more challenging in that department. Tyler Shuck, the, uh, he was at Oregon, right? Yep, initially Oregon transfer and uh, transferred in and I do think this team is playing pretty hard for Joey McGuire I think he's a he was a good hire for Texas Tech the Sooners are coming in again a two-point favorite let's hear more from Brent because the defense played really well for the Sooners saved the day I mean the look like I said the offense was unbelievable 299 yards in that first quarter but then they needed the defense to uh, win the game and uh, keep Oklahoma State in check. And arguably, it was the uh, Sooners' best defensive performance of the season. So what does Brent want to see from the defense now moving forward? Um, handle success. You know, stay every bit as hungry, not be satisfied. Have that same sense of urgency. Uh, just be hungry and uh, focused and detailed. And continue to, you know, I don't take any of that for granted. I assume they'll come back and feel really good about themselves. But... I didn't see that yesterday. A bunch of guys were in the facility on Sunday on their day off talking about wish they had, you know, more games on the schedule. 
I believe that that's, you know, a desire of some of the guys, you know, that they really start to feel confident, comfortable, sure of themselves. Uh, I, you know, that's probably not the case for every single guy, but, you know, the right guys are, are really starting to buy into how we do what we do, what it takes, and are willing to sacrifice. There you go. Uh, you know, I saw an interview uh, last night with the media availabilities, C.J. Colden, and he's had a really good year for Oklahoma. He's really come on and played uh, really solid football at, at, in the uh, defensive backfield. Man, that kid was impressive. He was really, really impressive, I thought, in his interview session. Uh, as for Brent's presser, I caught about two-thirds of it before I had to get in here. I did hear Parker, him talking about uh, the potential – opt-out situation for bowl games which is you know become a big thing with a lot of these kids and Brent said you know he's trying to build a culture where you know that's hopefully not going to happen but you know the bottom line is agents getting these kids ears and say man you know do you want to risk going to play that bowl game what's it really mean you need to start getting ready for the NFL because you know what agents are they're salesmen stealing they are man and they will sell you some snake oil they will sell some snake oil every now and then but um you know Brent is trying to and again I don't know if if you can get a hundred percent of your kids who are potentially looking at going to the NFL and this would be the last game of their Oklahoma football career. If you can get 100% of those guys to play in a bowl game, that's almost miraculous these days. But what did you think of his answer uh, to that question? Wait, hang on, which question? The now? potential opt-outs for bowl games. Oh, okay, games, okay, okay, okay. Keeping kids um, bought in. Yeah, I I mean, it's kind of the company line that you get from any coach, right? No coach is going to come out and say, yeah, you know, hey, if you want to opt out and go get ready for the draft, do you think? No, because – Coaches are committed to their team, and they expect the same level of investment from their players. And we know that Brent is a guy, right, that believes in seeing things through once you start them. That's part of the reason why he told Jaron Kanick for the longest time, no, you're not coming to Oklahoma. And if you do want to come to Oklahoma, you're going to have to batter down the door and make sure you have Dabo Sweeney's blessing, right, because – he said, and the way Brent phrased it so many times when he was asked about that situation later down the road is, he said, look, you committed to Clemson. You didn't commit to me. You committed to Clemson. So if you want to commit to Oklahoma, make sure you're committing to Oklahoma and you're not just committing to me. So, and it's not directly an apples to apples comparison, obviously, but when you get to a point in the calendar like this, you engage with a circumstance like this and you got guys like an Anton Harrison for instance and Anton Harrison is a guy that's probably going to hear his name called very early on in the draft next year but you know for a fact that the agents are going to be in his ear as you mentioned telling him hey do you really want to risk getting injured do you really want to risk playing in a meaningless bowl game that could jeopardize your draft stock and Lord knows they're going to take what happened to Matt Corral last mm-hmm. year in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. That's the shining recent example of a guy whose draft stock tanks after he decides that he's going to stick it out and see it through and play in a bowl game. And lo and behold, he ends up getting injured. So that's the battle that Brent has to fight. It's the battle that every coach has to fight. Can you be a better salesperson than the agents? And at at a certain point, you just kind of have to reconcile with the fact that that's not going to happen because the agents have the money working in their favor, and you don't. The agents are promising you a very lucrative future at the next level. 
you're not promising them anything save for another 15 practices and a game that in the grand scheme of things really doesn't mean a whole lot for that particular player at that point in their lives and careers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, um, you know, yeah, if you're Anton Harrison, and that's a decision you're going to have to make. And, uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I would love to see all these guys play it out, finish their careers and play in a bowl game. But uh, the reality of the uh, situation right now is we're probably not going to be seeing that with uh, particularly these uh, NFL prospects who are going to be uh, high draftees. All right, uh, we're going to get to all of your texts in the next segment. Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, great poker room, incredible bar right there in the middle of the casino, the Coop Ale House Bar. They've got a great bar inside Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, uh, which is big time. River Buffet, of course, is great. Steak night, Friday night, seafood night on Saturday, big time brunch on Sunday. Great promotions like the new member seven New patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in 24 hours at Riverwind. They just had the uh, goal line giveaway, sending 10 people to the uh, conference championship game in Arlington with everything paid for. Uh, your transportation, your hotel, even a thousand extra bucks. That's what Riverwind does. They come up with the best promotions, uh, the best service, best bars, best dining. That is why they are consistently ranked the number one casino in the metro area. Want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino. All right, break time when we get back. Nothing but your texts. True suitor, I don't want yours to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, if you want to send that again, because we get a lot. There it is. There we go. True sooner is still there. All right, so we'll get to that as well. Parker is back with us early today, and it's a Tuesday. Stay right here on the home of Sooner fans. It is the one and only Ref Radio Network. We are back. It is a Tuesday edition. Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network, a couple days away from Thanksgiving. We will not be here on Thursday. I'll be out at Riverwind on Friday getting ready for the regular season finale for the Sooners in Lubbock, Saturday, 630 on Fox Sports 1. All right, Parker, uh, Taylor Wine made it official yesterday, committing to Oklahoma. That's 22 for the Sooners, still number seven in the uh, national rankings. Uh, be a two four seven. They got the uh, Champ Sanders commit the the day before. They get Taylor Wine yesterday. The uh, defensive end out of uh, Nolansville, Tennessee. Just can outside. I uh, can I make a prediction, Steely? Yes, that won't be the last commitment of the week. Really? Uh, what's going on? Uh, Notre Dame fans are uh, freaking out. Are they coming after you again? What is this about? Uh, well, of course, of course. The Steely, Notre Dame fans are trying to get after Peyton Bowen's family or something. It's, it's what's it, up? It's been inevitable all along because Peyton Bowen not sticking with Notre Dame has been inevitable all along. And so you remember I said, I started saying as early as like May or June, look, I don't know what ends up happening with Peyton Bowen, but the one thing I know for sure is that he doesn't stick with Notre Dame. Notre Dame fans did not like that. They made that no particular secret. 
You know, what's funny is they've continually DM'd me all the receipts of things that I said over the summer, adamantly proclaiming that Peyton Bowen was not going to stick with Notre Dame, because I guess there's been some confidence over the last few weeks that he is going to stick it out after all. Look, he's not. The Notre Dame fans probably thought, you know what, we turned this around. Yes, we lost to Marshall and Stanford. We were horrible, but, man, we're playing great now. We had a chance to beat SC out at the Coliseum Saturday night. Uh, surely Peyton Bowen's going to stick to his commitment with us, right? And uh, you've said that all along, that you thought that uh, Peyton Bowen would not end up signing uh, with Notre Dame and uh, that Oklahoma would have a really good chance to flip him. Now, do you want to give us any indication who the next commitment is going to no. be? Why not? Just because, like, what kind of indication do you want me to give you without saying the kid's name? Uh, just give us the initials. <laughs> oh, oh, the yeah, high school. No, nobody will be able to figure that one out. <laughs> he plays defense. He plays. There you go. Defense. That's your hint. What area of the defense? He plays defense. Is that he's? Does he have his hand in the dirt on the turf, or is he standing up playing his position? No comment. Is this somebody who is committed somewhere else? <laughs> no comment. Is this somebody at Denton Geyer? Again, no comment. For those that are VIPs on OUinsider.com, and certainly if you pay attention to uh, the intel that's been dropping mm-hmm. over the last few days, I don't think it's a secret to those folks, but... I'm not going to come out here and openly give blatant hints on the air. Will this be so big that we will be able to play Cool in the Gang celebration for the old people? I mean, I feel like we can play Cool in the Gang celebration for the old people anytime on this show, Steely. Does this prospect have a last name that is involved with stereo equipment? (laughs) Again, no comments. Does this prospect share a last name with somebody who did the song She Blinded Me With Science? Somehow I knew that was going to be the next question. No comments. Okay. All right. I'm I'm trying to scale that paywall, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm being knocked back. I understand, though. I completely get it. There's a barbed wire at the top. That's You're not right. getting over. <laughs> You've got armed guards up there. <laughs> shooting poisonous darts at me. All right. Uh, uh, text you know, line. Okay, uh, let's get to True Sooner if we yes, can still it was find a good, it. Re- really good question for True right. Sooner. Uh, I'm going to dig it up. Where is it at? Where is it at? True Sooner. Here you go. Um, is it a wonder why coaches hate the media? Reporters at the press conferences, leading them down landmines, recruiting names. Ultimately, coaches responsible maybe just say no to those questions. Look, Was I, there one today that was leading there, what, that, and that I missed? Was, it, it led to Brent tripping up and accidentally name-dropping Dalen Smothers. Oh. That was well, what, he, can you say that if he's already committed? No. You, you can't, still can't. Not, can't. not until right. he is signed. So, it's a minor violation. It's going to be a very light slap on the wrist. Who is the reporter, and can we have him uh, waterboarded? No, it's John Hoover. Well, Steely. I mean, I love John we don't too. Need to have but John waterboarded. Uh, Fifteen thirty-second waterboarding might be in order. <laughs> uh, listen, I John's a tough guy. He can make it through. Well, I like. Here's the thing: John did a very good job 
of qualifying his question up front and acknowledging, look, Brent, I know you can't say any names. I'm not asking you to get into too many Mm -hmm. specifics, but talk a little bit about the recruiting weekend and how much of a challenge it is for you and the staff to manage that many names. John's a pro. I wouldn't want to have him waterboarded. Okay. Uh, Maybe put him in, uh, I don't know, solitary five minutes. Would that work? (laughs) Solitary. Uh, For five minutes? I mean, that's... Yeah, that's probably too easy. All right, 45 minutes. He, listen, he commutes from Tulsa to cover OU. He's in solitary for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. But if you turn way. the lights out and you turn up uh, like Guns N' Roses full blast like they did to Manuel Noriega back in Panama, it might be difficult. That's what they did to Manuel Noriega, the man. Amount they just of random stuff that's just rolling around in your brain. I want to make sure that, you know, Brent's taken care of here. John Hoover asking leading questions there. Come on, Hoover. I'm just messing with John. I love John. Uh, is the prospect Zachariah Leviticus? <laughs> no, I, I will go ahead and confirm that it is not. He actually put Jeremiah Leviticus. I like that. Maybe that was Zach's brother, Jeremiah Leviticus. Somebody said John Hoover needs a day with Schmitty. <laughs> there we go. Like, here's the thing, though. John's a very fit dude. Like, John could probably endure the Schmitty workouts you think a lot so? more so. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't he born? It was who from Alaska? Yeah, he's from Alaska. I mean, you've got to be a survivor if you grow up in Alaska. I mean, you're probably wrestling grizzlies and elk and whatever species there are out there in Alaska. Uh, one listener says, "I really, really like the way Danny Stutzman has answered the naysayers." One more thing: What is this ref army all about? Well, it's about you. It's about you. You are a private in the ref army, and you could move up. Like, true sooner would be like a, a, a general, four-star general in the ref army, all right? So, and it's also about the new listeners who are jumping aboard. That's what it's all about. Uh, this listener says, just watched a 45-minute press conference after the worst case of clock management I've ever witnessed in Norman. And there was one question about it and none about an offense that had six straight three and outs to end a game, SMH. Well, look, like – Jeff Levy was asked about it a bunch yesterday. At what point can you just let it go? Because Brent was asked about it after the game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Jeff Levy was asked about it after the game on Saturday. Jeff Levy was asked about it yesterday on Monday. You don't belabor the point with these kinds of things. Brent said he wasn't pleased with it. Jeff Levy said it fell on him. They took responsibility. They acknowledged their shortcomings. It doesn't make sense to keep badgering these coaches. I, I will say it's the first time I've looked at the uh, play clock that much in a game. And, uh, yeah, it was out, bad. Let it was out a bad few clock uh, screams. It was bad it clock was, It made Les Miles look like a clock management genius. It was pretty bad. Where has Jonah Laulu been? He had a great game versus OSU. Yeah, he big did, man pick. He did have a big-time game, man. He nearly took it to the house on that pick. Yeah, it was, it was good to see him making some plays. I had to hesitate for a minute, like, who's number eight? Who's number eight, eight, eight? Oh, Lulu, okay. <laughs> and he just missed uh, getting into the end zone by about, uh, what, a couple yards, I guess. Uh, let's see what we got. Any comment on the post on the Notre Dame site that Peyton Bowen talked with the coaching staff and assured them he was signing with Notre Dame? I mean, look, it's it's that's, – that's my colleague Tom Loy – from the Notre Dame side, and Tom's a good reporter. There are often times, based on the sources that we talk to, there are often times reporters within networks that disagree on things and have different perspectives. And I, 
I will just say I, I disagree with Tom on that. And that's fine. Again, that's just the reality of talking to different people, having different plugins, having different sources. I don't think and never have thought since April or May that Peyton Bowen was going to stick it out with Notre Dame. And it seems as though Notre Dame fans are kind of collectively coming to that understanding and realization as well. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And uh, let's get like one or two more and then we'll take a quick break. Uh, What about offensive recruits? Hell, they need just as much help, maybe more. Well, Oklahoma's pretty much done recruiting offense at this point. You got four offensive line commits. You got your quarterback of the future. Yeah. And he's a heck of a signal caller. You got a couple running backs. You did really well at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one position where you could maybe stand to add another guy would be tight end, but you got Cade McIntyre there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I got a feeling. You know who would make a, a really good they'll... tight end prospect? Oh, boy. Malachi Coleman. I think. Well, I don't think I know. I know Oklahoma's very much in the mix to flip Jordan Allen, the Kansas State commit, three-star athlete from Olathe, Kansas. 6'4", 240. We've talked about him. He's a freak of an athlete. If they do flip him, I would expect that he ends up at tight end. There you go. Yeah. So, well, again, and, and look, we will probably start fielding a lot more questions about Jordan Allen's recruitment over the next few weeks as things really start to ramp up there because he just visited Oklahoma for the very first time on Saturday evening. But if that kid doesn't sign with Kansas State, Oklahoma is going to be where he ends up. It's going to be one of those two schools. The uh, And uh, all seems to be pretty quiet on the Anthony Evans front, right? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I I don't get the sense there's much to worry about there. Now, that can change. I'm not saying it won't. But as of right now, I don't have any reason to believe that Anthony Evans is legitimately wavering. And I think if he were, then you would have heard a lot more buzz and would have seen a lot more smoke about it in the immediate aftermath of that Georgia visit on November 5th. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break right here. And when we get back, we'll get some more texts in at 405-651-3439. You guys are killing it on the text line again today. Man, Air Comfort Solutions, you hit the bonanza on this text line because it, it never stops. Stay with us. We don't either. Right here on The Ref. Oh, we got some creed, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Stapp and company. I saw a video today circulating on Twitter of some halftime show of a Cowboys game that Creed had played like 20 years ago, and so I figured had yeah, to work him into not? the show somehow. Would you res- rather listen to uh, Creed or Nickelback if you had your choice? Uh, what, uh, what's a viable third-party alternative? 
so that I don't have to answer mm. that question. I'll I'll get waterboarded. All right, all right. I I will take John Hoover's waterboarding on his behalf. There we go. There we go. And uh, Hoob, if you're listening, uh, driving, uh, yeah, maybe you are. Uh, somebody said that there shouldn't be leading questions about recruits, even though you specifically said not asking you to name any names or whatever. And now there are a few people who want you waterboarded. That's it. But it's only Steely being among them. It's only like a five minute session. That's it. You're from Alaska. You can take it. There is no doubt. All right, um, 405-651-3439. What are we thinking? We got a listener that asked how many early enrollees in this class. There will be a lot of them. The vast majority of these guys are going to enroll early. Uh, and we went over this last week. Offhand, here's the ones I know aren't enrolling early. Uh, Cade McIntyre is not. Uh, Taylor Wine is not. I don't believe Lewis Carter is. Samuel Masigo is not. That might be it. Don't quote me on that. But I know there are only like four or five, maybe six, out of the Sooners' 22 commits right now that I aren't going better to better get JFA in there under center in the spring, and we can get Gabriel right out there and get Jackson Arnold in there slinging lasers and back to winning national championships, all right? Uh, Let's go. Somebody on the text line said Alter Bridge is so much better than Creed. You ever mm. listen to Alter Bridge? I have not. So it's basically after the re- the rest of Creed ditched oh, Scott really? Stapp, they just grabbed Miles Kennedy to sing lead for them. Yeah, maybe and I should so, check that out. Yeah. Alter Bridge is Creed minus Scott Staff plus Miles Kennedy. Pretty good. Pretty legit I, stuff. Should I admit this? Admit what? I went to see Creed at Lloyd Noble Center. Yeah, you did. And it wasn't my decision. I was along with somebody else. Oh, no. Was it the Aggie? No, 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 it wasn't. Was it the Longhorn? No, that was a long time ago. Was it a poke? No. See, I got a paywall, too, over here, pal. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh... Back to the text line. A lot of three-star recruits lately, just Here saying. Here we go. Three-star U is back. Oh, boy. I, I'm not good enough at math to figure out what the uh, current blue-chip ratio of this class is, so I'm going to do some quick division here with my iPhone calculator. Okay. The Sooners are sitting at a 59% blue-chip ratio in this class alone. And that number will go up because – there are some, still some blue chippers out on the market right now that Oklahoma's going to get. I don't know how many. I know they're going to get some. And I believe prior to this season, there were only 12 teams, I believe, in all of college football that had a blue chip ratio north of 50%. And so... Blue chips for better, right? Blue chips are, uh, yes, for those unfamiliar with the technical terms. A blue chip recruit is a four-star or a five-star. So... The threshold between three-star and four-star is the blue-chip threshold. The blue-chip ratio is essentially how what percentage of players on your roster were four-star and or five-star recruits. Oklahoma is one of, I believe, 12 teams nationally that has a blue-chip ratio north of 50%. And so 59, you're well above that threshold, Steely. You're recruiting at an elite level. Everybody recruits three-stars. 
Alabama recruits three stars. Georgia recruits three stars. There will be three stars. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not as if Brent Venables has ever successfully developed a three-star, right, Steely? Yes, absolutely. He but thrives only with blue chips. I would say this. Uh, again, if the Sooners get the defensive firm of uh, Bowen, Hicks, and uh, Akana, then uh, that blue chip ratio is going way up. Yeah. And there's going to be at least one one more five-star for Oklahoma down the stretch, you would think. I, I would think. Yes. So, I would certainly think. And that ratio is going up. It's going up. So this is going to be an excellent class, no doubt about it. And uh, if they flip David Hicks again, think about the – that was like the day the music died. The DJ Hicks announcement, the Twilight Zone Texas A&M press conference, you know, that was where, like, it was so, like, this is, it's David Hicks Day. Here we go. Uh, Say what? You know, it was just brutal. So if they can get David Hicks back, do you think you said he's going back to A&M, right? Yeah. Is that A&M trying to up the ante again? I would think so, yeah. But like it's you got to play the NIL game with some of these kids, and oh, you will, and they have. A and M's just such a disaster right now, man. And I, I remember getting that text eight minutes before DJ Hicks committed. It's A and M, and I remember a. My first thought was, oh boy, tomorrow on the radio will be a lot of fun. Yeah. But secondly, it's like really like he's going to sign up for that right now. And they were three and one at the time, but mm-hmm. didn't take a Rhodes Scholar to look at the rest of that schedule and conclude, yeah, they, they're probably not going to make a bowl game. Yeah, A and M, LSU this weekend in College Station. Hopefully, they'll have more than the forty five hundred they had for the UMass game, but uh, very likely to finish at four and eight. The Aggies. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We have another hour to go here on Steelman and Thune, getting into the 1 o'clock hour. Appreciate all the texts. We've got a lot more on the way. More recruiting talk, more Sooner football. You know what it's all about. Stay with us on The Ref. Yes, yes, we are two men talking, and we're talking mainly Sooner football here every day and uh, Sooner sports, a lot of recruiting mixed in, and all of your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Hour number two presented by our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, man, you got to remember, Exit 72, cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owns, they've got a great selection, incredible guarantee. Oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you from the Seth Wiley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. All right. Uh, I want to play something that Mike Gundy said at his press conference. Uh, he also talked about how he likes uh, uh, yogurt pretzels. It was another typical. Hey, don't we all? Yeah, it was a typical Mike Gundy uh, press conference, but he it's also. In the uh, upper echelon of snacks, I would say. You like them? 
Like them quite yeah. a bit. They yeah. are pretty good. Yeah. I I don't like like the regular pretzels a whole bunch, like a rolled gold. If they do have a little bit of yogurt or something, you know, uh, they're pretty good. But I do like like the pretzel with beer cheese at Riverwind at Chips and Ales. Those are so good. Or like the miniature pretzel bites at Pub W. So good. Really good. Okay. But Mike Gundy, uh, you know, he's always got an opinion on something. And uh, one thing he said yesterday that recruiting is uh, already starting to be a whole new ball game with NIL, but also the way that staffs may be approaching and dealing with recruiting is headed in a new direction. College football is going to turn into the NFL. You're going to have a scouting service just like they do in the NFL. So our group, Todd Bradford and all of our people that work for him, are going to be like the NFL someday where they're on the road and watching games live. They can go watch a young man five times. That's where you learn about him, right? You don't learn about him. We got all the video in the world. I can pull up every game that was played last Friday night. So the NFL does that. They invest millions and millions and millions of dollars into a young man. They still miss sometimes. But they're here all the time watching games live. I don't know if the fans know that, but NFL scouts go watch college games live, and then they watch them practice. So they try to get a good idea before they invest $25 million in a kid. Eventually, college staffs are going to have a recruiting staff that goes out and watches guys play. Then it will also allow the assistant coaches to be with the current team that they're coaching and helping tutor academically and athletically during the season, which is where they should be, instead of out on the road recruiting on Thursday and Friday nights. So eventually that's going to happen. And then you guys can say, I told you that in three or four years. There you go, Mike Gundy, ladies and gentlemen, with a bold – maybe not so bold because I think he's probably right about that. What do you think? I mean, the the collegiate game is continually being professionalized. We're seeing yep. this. It's evolving uh, so fast. Uh, I, what I heard more than anything else is Mike Gundy hates recruiting. Man, I, I when you get to his age, I, I can see why. And look. That is, man, I'm telling you, those guys, and I know they make a lot of money, there's no doubt, but, man, the hours they put in, and then they got to go, you know, well, Jeff Levy at least, he and it was Brandon Hall that got on the uh, helicopter with him, right, to go to Denton Guy, one of the uh, Jackson-Arnold games. Yep. But, so, again, can they get around and do that stuff? They can, but, man, they put in a ton of hours, and recruiting is a whole, I mean, you got to be coaching your you-know-what off, and you've got to be recruiting your know-what off. Uh, what off, uh, particularly at a place like Oklahoma. But uh, I wonder if we're going to get to a point where is there like a national, like, let's go to collegeplayers.com. You want a tight end? Well, here's how they're ranked. Here's what the NIL money demands are. And if you want him, here's how you get in contact. I mean, I don't think it'll get that ridiculous for a long, long time, and maybe it never will. But can you see a world in a couple years in college football where maybe – a Miguel Chavis doesn't have to go on the road. Or Jeff Levy, if you're an assistant coach, you just have a scouting staff that goes and does that. And they, you know, the coaches can still look at the the tape, the video, all that stuff. Uh, and, but I, but it, the only thing about that is you would have like official visits and maybe some unofficials where you, you wouldn't be able to get to know the player maybe that well. I don't think game visits from coaches is ever going to go away. Really? Because players value that, right? Because they're building relationships with their positional coach, Mm -hmm. the positional coach that's recruiting them to XYZ school. And so 
coaches showing up to games, that matters to these kids. It doesn't carry the same weight. It doesn't have the same significance if some rando from the scouting staff, whether that's an in-house scouting staff or a third-party scouting staff. Maybe it'll staff. be a robot in like 20 years. They just send a suit a robot. Hey, Each school be. has a robot. But you know? the relationships with positional coaches, specifically the positional coaches that would be coaching them at the next level were they to pick that particular school, that's what matters the most and oftentimes – goes the farthest toward dictating the outcome of a recruitment for a particular player. So what has Brent said time and time again? He wants it to be relationship oriented, not about a transaction, right? And when you get into a situation down the road, if the regular staff members are not out on the road recruiting, then it becomes, it would seem to me that it would be much more transactional than relationship driven, which is what Brent has been preaching again about the way he approaches things. Uh, somebody on the text line <laughs> said, and this is very true, the steel man needs more credit for Taylor Wine's commit and calling his school and getting clarification on the pronunciation of his name. <laughs> Attending the game just cemented his decision even further. Well, I don't get credit for much, so I'll take the credit there. Yes. Mike um, Steely is responsible for Taylor Wine's decision to attend the University of Oklahoma. I would like 10% if Taylor Wine becomes an All-American and a uh, like a first-round pick, like 10%. That's all I'm asking, a standard 10%. Uh, somebody also asked, Parker, why is Wine showing up on 24-7's decommit list? Is he still committed to OU? Yeah, that's got to be a glitch in the system because he's certainly still committed to OU, and that will not be changing. Uh, BV has mentioned, okay, well, I'm going to have to sanitize this text. BV has mentioned on several occasions that these players have scares and such things that mean nothing more than the previous administration was crappy. I think this needs to be brought up more. Tebow and his crappy crew needs to be held more responsible for the way this year turned out. Tebow's crappy crew. Sounds like a good Saturday morning kid show. Tebow and his crappy crew. By the way, uh, we would prefer if you would. I'm not trying to sound like a total prude here. If you would like, not put a curse word. In the yeah, no, I just somebody's it, it, eventually going to read it and like get in big trouble. Yeah, I I don't want to get you go wash your mouth out with soap, man. All right. I don't want to get hit by the FCC limo. Yes, because I inadvertently read an inappropriate <laughs> word contained in a text. Somebody put the- mf in one, like three weeks ago yeah like, like you, just you right in the middle read that right in the middle of a sentence that's totally normal you know like so anyway brian in tulsa says dj hicks commitment creed dj hicks flip announcement alter bridge ah, very nice that's well done brian that's solid right there uh what do you think hicks will do if jimbo gets fired do you think jimbo gets fired Man. Because I, uh, you know, we keep hearing, well, A and M, man, they print money, and they did, but you, you got to print eighty-six million, right, to get rid of him. Unless sometimes they can structure, and both sides get together and they negotiate something else. But you know, that's if Jimbo wants to play ball. Uh, my guess would be no, but I'm probably sixty percent no and forty percent yes. I just like. And I, the way I look at it, I just, uh, man, I'm sifting through the text line now. I just completely lost my train of thought. 
What were we talking about, Steely? We were talking about something. Um, oh, gosh, don't tell me you no, lost d- it, too. D- Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, so the way I look at it, the way I've kind of always looked at it is they're not going to fire Jimbo this year, but next fall he'll have the hottest seat in all of college football from oh, the yeah. get-go. No doubt. Because there's going to be a heightened demand to win now, especially in light of what happened this past season and what is likely coming when Oklahoma and Texas make the move to the SEC. Right? Because in the state of Texas, that is A&M's claim to exclusivity. That's the one thing that they can offer that none of those other regional schools can when it comes to recruiting is they can say, hey, we play ball in the SEC. But once Oklahoma and Texas can make that same claim, all the same recruiting battles that A&M lost year after year mm-hmm. after year. Yeah. They're going to start losing again. Uh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there was one that said via one of the Helmers, either Joey or Josh. Oh, yeah, Daniel Parker's suspended indefinitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay, that was from – okay. Somebody also said – where is it? Patrick said, Parker, by the way, Steely was Pete Davidson with the ladies back in the day, but he obviously looks a lot better than Pete. That ain't true. It's not? And the editor who led it on the text line – it's garbage. <laughs> uh, you weren't you weren't hanging with the Kim Kardashians I, and the Ariana Grandes. No, that's that's not accurate. I've just always been a good, solid dude. That's it. <laughs> Hopefully, well, that's okay. Yeah, Mike Steely, good solid dude. That's right. That's my campaign slogan. If I ever run for it, which would never happen because politics are evil. Uh, let's see what else we have on the text line before we go. Oh gosh. Do yourself a favor and Google Scott Stapp Marlins will soar. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy a good laugh. So I actually know about this. Really? Do you I don't know about this. Oh boy. It's almost like, it's so bad that I'm almost like, do I want to waste a minute or two of our programming time by playing this? But I'm also like, it's, it's so priceless that I do. Want to waste a minute or two of our programming well, we time? We can waste it if you want. That's okay, fine. well, hey, let's uh, let's come back from break, and I'll Scott's, play you the uh, the Marlins will soar. Scott Stapp is in the running for um, biggest rock and roll D-bag of all time. He's certainly maybe on the rush more. All right, there. stay with us on the other side of the break, folks, where we'll bump in with Marlins will soar by Scott Stapp. There you go. Stay with us here in the ref. All right, Steely, here you go. One minute and 35 seconds of pure cringe. I'm leaving your microphone on so you can react in real time. Marlins Will Soar by Scott Stapp.
That is pretty brutal. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. There you go, Scott Stapp. Like, imagine oh writing and singing that song <laughs> in total sincerity. Also, wonder... my favorite part of the song is when he immediately rhymes double play with triple play in the next line. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. So How there much, you go. Marlins you... will soar. Scott Stapp. Now, did the Marlins, like, hire him to put that together? I I don't know. The like dude probably made that's, a couple that's hundred a great grand, question right? because like if the Marlins commissioned it, why Scott Stapp? They made And have... if the Marlins didn't commission it, Scott Stapp really just took his own time out of his life mm-hmm. and schedule and actual professional ventures <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Uh, there's some reaction on the text line. I'm very upset I won't get that one minute, 35 seconds back of my life. My ears are bleeding. (laughs) What in the douchebag galore did I just hear? (laughs) They stole this from every Christian rock song Uh, ever written. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, uh, speaking of something that also sounds ridiculous, but it's so ridiculous, I think we can listen to like 55 seconds of it. Because Skip Bayless, and I know some of you don't like Skip Bayless. You know what Skip's all about. He's he's uh, He's a guy that likes to push buttons but i guess he pushed shannon sharp too hard the other day because skip was still trying to defend baker mayfield after another bad performance where they lost to the ravens and shannon sharp wasn't having any of it you gonna let me talk if you'll stay on point on question you never stay on point okay i'm I about to stay on point you know you're not gonna yep. get on point until yep. i'm done talking okay all right that's right spew all your hate i'm gonna spew it your all baker hate spew it 17.8, because all you talk about, you're uncertain about Justin Herbert, but you get on the floor for this clown. He's a bum. He's trash, and you know it. And every time you bring him up, mm. I'm going to let the world know exactly what he oh, is. You He's a four under- Twitter followers. Don't worry about Hold on. Yeah, okay. You talk about Twitter, and yeah. we come out here and discuss topics that you okay. tweeted. So okay. don't give me about that Twitter stuff. Mm. You can talk about my followers all you want, yeah. but I got you okay. dead to right, and you see how he do America? He talk about my Twitter followers. Mm. That's what I know okay. I got it. What what did the great Bill Walsh teach me again and again and again? What did he say? I'll take rain over wind any day or any night. You can't throw the football in the wind. It's virtually impossible. You can throw it in the rain. You can catch it in the rain. But you can't throw it in the wind. And it was high gusting wind chill wind that made it virtually impossible, especially when you're going Baker into or not? Okay, so it's my turn. So here's what Baker Mayfield did yesterday. Nothing. <laughs> That's so good. I love it that Skip is going. It was the wind's fault. And uh, 
Shannon Sharp got very upset when he attacked his amount of Twitter followers. And by the way, if you attack somebody's Twitter followers, you're pretty pathetic. I mean, if you determine your self-worth on how many Twitter followers you have, you probably didn't have much self-worth before that. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. I, I, mean, I can only think look, of one person that's ever attacked me for my amount of Twitter followers, and that person is indeed pathetic. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the kind of human being you are. Not how many. There are plenty of clowns out there that have a lot of Twitter followers. Followers, you know, Clay Travis, you know, people like that. There are plenty of them. But uh, man, Skip, uh, I, I thought Shannon was going to come across the desk and uh, attack him on that deal. It's so manufactured, though. It, like it seems, yeah, because Shannon's- they were probably went into the break and go, "Good segment, man." You know. Yeah, like, and they're both pretty good at it like they both come off as relatively sincere but especially when you're listening and not watching yeah you can you can kind of get the sense that it's manufactured yeah and i i will say this skip for the most part uh completely you know takes up a sword and a shield uh for oklahoma quite a bit but yes yeah Look, he he was this kind of a writer all the way back at the Times Herald and wherever he was, and you know, in Dallas Times Herald when he was in Dallas. But uh, the guy uh, gets people talking. Baker is as good as the team, says the four hundred five. Yeah, I just don't know if Baker can ever get that confidence back. You know, um, it's it's not been good. It has not been good, no doubt about it. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Okay, uh, Taylor Wine, if you're just joining us, he committed to the Sooners uh, last night. Is there, uh, you know, I I guess, you know, Oklahoma was his first Power 5 offer, right? I don't think they were his first Power 5 offer. But like big blue blood offer? Yeah, first real big offer. Didn't Muleshoe come in? Muleshoe offered like an hour later. I know. He's sitting around, Muleshoe, figuring out how he's going to screw somebody else. Hey, oh, you just recruited Taylor Wine. Yeah, and then a couple hours. Yeah. I'm convinced the offer to David Peavy was just to screw with USC. You think maybe. maybe. Because that they offered Wine like an hour after OU mm-hmm. did. And then an hour after that, OU turned around and offered Peavy. Muleshoe is sitting there in his office losing his hair. Hey, Clark, get on this Wayne or Wine kid from Tennessee. Hurry up. Did you uh, did you like his uh, appearance Saturday where he said, I'd like to have it back, but I can't take Again, it Again, it's like the 20th identical interview he's done about his departure from Oklahoma. But, and I will say, I'm not defending Muleshoe. I'll never do that. But <laughs> He's about to defend Muleshoe is what were, that means. But if you're asked about it, you got to say something, right? Or do you think he should just say, you know what, we're past that. Let's move on. Maybe you should say that. Because he's looking, like, for somebody to play the violin for him there. The world's saddest violin. And nobody's going to play that for you. Not in the state of Oklahoma. You're not welcome here, ever. You should have a one of those... You know, like when you're out of prison, what do they have? They have the little ankle bracelet. That mule shoe should be forced to wear a sooner ankle bracelet for the rest of his life. And if he ever sets foot in the state again, could be arrested for lies. Felony fabrication. We had a text on the text line from a listener in the 405. 
I never expected anything to display center field as the worst <laughs> baseball song ever. I was mistaken. As somebody that grew up playing travel baseball at dozens and dozens of different small-town ballparks and occasionally big-city ballparks across the Midwest, center field should be permanently banned from every stadium well, playlist. It's, yes, if it was, I'm telling you, back when I was, even when I was doing OU baseball back in the day, when Coach Seymour was there, every BP session, every infield session, there's John Fogarty, and you're finally like, enough, please, go back to CCR. I know you don't get along, but please don't play this song anymore. It, it's just been too overplayed. It's nauseating. It's nauseating. It was nauseating by the time I was 14. That was a long time ago. What if I just went... Oh, it looked like he was going to throw up there for a second, folks. It literally nearly made him nauseous. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Air Comfort Solutions tax line available to you, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Patrick says, place your bets on Nebraska's next coach. It will go down Sunday. One, Chris Kleiman. Two, Lance Leipold. Three, Urban Meyer. Really? Those are the three main candidates people are talking about right now still? I feel like those are the three that we have heard the most buzz about. Right. I I don't see Urban Meyer going to Nebraska. No, it's just... If that's what Nebraska feels like they need to do to become relevant again, that speaks to just how low that program has sunk. Leipold, I, I think, would be a good hire. He, here's the deal. I am almost overwhelmingly convinced it's going to be Leipold, and that's kind of been my feeling from the beginning. But there's one big variable that has remained in play for about the last month, month and a half, and I'm starting to more seriously consider it as the alternative for Leipold that might be even more appealing – and that would be the Wisconsin job because Leipold's a Wisconsin guy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took it for granted, as did many, that Jim Leonard was just going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin. But if that was the case, why haven't they made that official yet? Why haven't they made that announcement? Yeah, good point. Good point. So if it's not Leipold, God, I, I don't know who it is at that point. I still feel like it's going to be Leipold. That's my read on the situation. Won't be Mickey uh, Joseph? No, because Mickey's got it. He's got it written in his contract that, uh, and I forget what the exact specifics and parameters are, but he's going to default back to receiver's coach. He's going to be retained. Mm, He's got stability. He's not going anywhere. I just don't think he's going to be the head coach at Nebraska. Now, I think if they had won more games – then maybe that conversation is a little bit more serious and a little bit more legitimate. But they're they're three and eight right now. They're a three and eight football team. Yeah, man the uh, the state of Nebraska football. I never thought it would ever get this low, but uh, you know it is. And I, I like I said, I don't think Nebraska is ever ever going back to their old status. They might have a season here or there, but not be the perennial. National championship contender they were seemingly year after year after year when I was growing up. And Patrick said, Kleiman is the name everyone's thinking. I'll say this. I'm not trying to disavow the notion that Chris Kleiman could be Nebraska's next head coach. I 
I think Nebraska is a significant step down from Kansas State right now. Yeah, and I think you have a ton of stability at Kansas Adrian State Martinez felt the same do. way, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Adrian <laughs> Martinez also had a girlfriend that went to K State. Well, yeah, that happens. So, but you have all kinds of stability at Kansas State that you don't have at Nebraska. Because expectations at Kansas State are always going to be seven, eight wins a year. Nebraska fans want their team to be back in championship contention and fast. Yeah. That's just not happening. By the way, here's an interesting one as we go to break from the 405. Jim Leonard to OU is DC for Ted Roof. That's coming in from Michigan soon. Oh, I have an interesting topic of conversation when we come back from break. All right. How sounds about good. That? I like On that note, very relevant. Interesting topics are what that's what we strive for, believe it or not. Okay. Good to have you with us. It is a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon, well into the 1 o'clock hour. We'll get locked in at the top of the hour with Parker and Tyler McComas. Stay with us here on The Ref. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Riverwind Casino, the metro area's number one rated casino year after year after year after year. Best promotions, best gaming, best bars and restaurants, best service. Riverwind just had uh, some amazing November promotions. The Goal Line giveaway, sending uh, 10 folks uh, out to the Big 12 championship game with everything they need, airfare, accommodation, spending money, all of it. Take us to the game, obviously. Uh, they also gave away to people who just got, uh, by November 19th, 500 uh, points on their Riverwind wildcard beginning uh, the 1st of November. A set of JBL wireless earbuds and a great promotion. New member seven is always out there for you. New patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in the first 24 hours of receiving their new wild card. Riverwind, over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games as well. Tremendous, big time, world-class poker room. They've got, again, the best bars and dining with the River Buffet, the uh, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is awesome as well. Coop Ale House Bar, got a big time food court as well. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, you know, more great promotions are coming for December because that's how they do it at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. You ready for an exercise in positivity? Yes, I'm, I'm ready. Absolutely. Okay, I, actually, I did this last night with the VIPs over at OUinsider.com, and I'm going to do it again here via the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You know who has gotten no credit for the Sooners' outstanding defensive performance on Saturday? Uh, Ted Roof. Up Ted on Roof. A roof. Ted Roof is the skate. He's, he's the scapegoat. He's the one everyone loves to hate when things aren't going well. But all of a sudden, the defense played out of their mm -hmm. minds on Saturday night, yeah. and we haven't said a word. Nobody has said a word about Ted Roof. So this is the challenge to each and every one of you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Say one nice thing about Ted Roof, no matter how small. Say one nice thing 
about Oklahoma defensive coordinator there Ted you Roof. Hey, by the way, we can play Ted Roof soundbite then. Ted really? Let's Roof, do it. Yes, Ted Roof, meeting with the media yesterday. Uh, and again, he can always do voice work because the, the dude has a tremendous voice. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, if he ever leaves coaching, he should be like reading audiobooks or something is what he should do. But here's Ted Roof talking about the Bedlam win, uh, which was nice, but it's still about improving. And victory, victory masks a lot of imperfections. And sometimes when you lose, you don't see the good things that come out of the growth. Uh, and they're, they're both of those elements in victory and defeat. Uh, but we've seen incremental improvement, and our guys have stayed true to the process of the incremental improvement and the, and the work and the commitment that it takes to, to be able to play at a high level. And we, 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 we got a long ways to go, but uh, proud of them and proud of the, the stick-to-itiveness. They haven't wavered. They haven't flinched. They hadn't blinked. And I uh, just kept showing up uh, and working, and uh, was, you know, was happy for him and, and proud for him that uh, they saw some of the fruits of the labor on Saturday night. There you go, Ted Roof, ladies and gentlemen, talking about again uh, the defense getting better. Let's get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line for some early nice things about Ted Roof from our listeners. Uh, Brian in Tulsa says, Ted Roof takes silver in the vocal Olympics next to Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, what about uh, James Earl Jones? Well, he's not around with us anymore, though. So, yeah, I like that. That's good. That's well done. Wait, James Earl Jones isn't around anymore? I, it, he's not, right? I Let me go ahead and Google him up. Uh, no, I, I, I'm already beating you. I, I must have missed that if James Earl Jones is. Yeah, James Earl Jones is still alive. Is he? Yeah, he's 91. Wait a minute. Did I kill James Earl Jones? (laughs) I, my most heartfelt apologies. Oh, wow. The one constant Ray has been baseball. Uh, One listener says uh, that Mike and Weatherford said, Ted Roof sounds about half his age when he talks. He's got that youthful spirit. Ted Roof is, didn't we see that Ted Roof is only like 58? You guys think he's like 75. I talked to my mom, and she's the sweetest lady in America, and she said, that guy in the glasses needs to go. And I'm like, come on, Mom. This listener says Ted Roof tips 20%. Another says Ted's name is super easy for Texas fans to spell. (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, Ted Roof could do the Coors VO for commercials. I don't know. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's pretty good, though. Ted Roof was Superman on Saturday night. Ted Roof shares his Netflix login info. (laughs) Ted Roof is the best leather jacket model that Dillard's has to offer. I expect him to be like the new Mr. Rogers, Mr. Roof's neighborhood. Roof looks like Luther from Coach. Ted doesn't suck bad. I mean. (laughs) Was Luther was Jerry Van Dyke, right? I'm trying to think. All right. Roof has nice hair. Several have said this. His hair is always neat. Roof, Ted Roof is a very stylish uh, gentleman is what he is. He's got that old guy swagger. He does. The hair looks good. The glasses are very fashionable. The voice. The, you know, like I said, he could read audio books. He could do, he could do, there's only one, he could do the video. He should be doing the video. Ted Roof seems like a pleasant person to be around, says another listener. I saw Ted Roof save a kitten on Monday. <laughs> Ted oh, Roof is currently man. employed at OU. Uh, that's just kind of a statement of fact. That's not really a nice thing. 
Uh, Jason OC says, Ted's roof is perfect for solar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we would get that from Chase and OC, of all people. Yeah. Californians. Ted Roof was a badass back in the day at Georgia Tech. I'm telling you, he was a heck of a linebacker. Do you remember watching him? I saw Ted Roof a couple times, yeah. Pretty good. Would that have been, what, early, mid-80s? Golly, it would have been, yeah, probably early 80s would be my guess. In the 80, oh, man, probably in the 80. Maybe 85, 88 range. Let me go okay. ahead and Google that. Uh, Joe in Tulsa says, I see Roof as an analyst and not a recruiter slash backers coach. That's fine, Joe, but you failed the exercise. The exercise is say one nice thing about Ted Roof. That is what we are asking you to do. Uh, this listener says, Ted Roof could replace Steely for his quote-unquote personal days he takes. Listen, if Ted Roof ever wants to get into radio... I will cede my spot on this show to him without a question, and he and Steely can dominate the retiree demographic. There you go. Uh, I bet Ted Roof could Ted do a- Roof, linebacker, Georgia Tech. Uh, let's see. Playing career 82 through 85. Okay, there you go. I bet Ted Roof could do a great impression of Howard Schnellenberger. All right, me. I've never seen Ted Roof and Superman in the same room. <laughs> Suna Gary says, I bet Ted Roof can still rock a jean jacket. No doubt. Ted makes 58 look sophisticated, says Les in Hayes, Kansas. Ted Roof is doing his best. He is. He's putting the work in. He looks like a good actor. Ted Roof looks like he would give you a peppermint in church. <laughs> He never gave up on his players or complained or blamed anyone. That's absolutely on the money. Uh, Ted Roof leaves after this year. Again, you failed the challenge. That is, yes. Say a nice thing, Michael from Missouri. By the way, uh, nothing has happened with Ted Roof. We're just doing a Ted Roof appreciation segment because the defense played. Well, they raised the roof is what they did. They were very impressive. Do you think Ted Roof stays at the Red Roof Inn on recruiting trips? You know, it's funny. If you type Ted Roof's name into Google, the auto-suggestions are all Red Roof Inn because <laughs> they think you made a typo with the first letter. Uh, Ted's defense <laughs> – uh, this isn't really a nice thing, but I'll read it. Ted's defense makes me wish I'd lost my eyes and ears instead of my leg. Okay. I'm not really sure how to react to that one. Bruce says, Ted Roof sounds like a wise guy. Ted Roof kisses babies along the Walk of Fame. Maybe. Uh, talking about the Walk of Champions or the actual Walk of Fame? I don't know. Uh, if Ted Roof puts out a rap CD, it would get platinum. And it would be titled, The Roof is on Fire. Roman Shawnee says, I believe Ted Roof would give Wilford Brimley a run for his money. Oh, Wilford Brimley, man. Well, he uh, it depends on if you get the cocoon version of Wilford Brimley where he's reinvigorated by the alien pods in the swimming pool. Ted Roof gave his wife a fry even though he asked her three times if she wanted her own before ordering. <laughs> Ted Roof does not eat at Golden Corral. Ted Roof is better than Alex Grinch. Ted Roof has the look of a retired, successful adult movie star. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> and finally, Ed Tay Ufre. He has a great pig Latin name. There you go. All right. Ted Roof eats grape nuts. <laughs> oh, well, this has uh, been fun. That was not bad. There you go. An exercise Ted in Roof positivity. Is still gainfully employed at OU. Do not worry, Sooner fans. Do not celebrate because Ted Roof is still the defensive coordinator. We're just doing a Ted Roof appreciation segment. He deserves his day right here. He really does. All right. Taking a break right here. One more award-winning, probably not, segment. On the way next here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. By the way, uh, Ted Roof and his band will be appearing uh, over the holiday season at the Ramada Inn, nowhere. Ted Roof and the three-man front, ladies and gentlemen. That sounds like a really good group, like back in the '60s. Like a what bo- kind of what genre would they play? I don't know. It'd be like uh, maybe a barbershop those, quartet. Maybe that, yes, or a harmonizing group. You know, something like that. Ted's doing the uh, the baritone. Ted Roof and the three-man front. I'd I'd pay. Dollars to go see them, wouldn't you? How many dollars? I, uh, I would go. I'd pay 10 just to see, you know. Um, so, anyway. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Somebody, DJ Hicks, what's the update? There really isn't any update, right? I mean. I mean, he's going like, to what, A&M what, again. Like, what, 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 what do you want to know? Like, yeah, he's going to A&M again. That's the news as of yesterday. Like, Oregon's in play feels to me like it's going to be OU or Oregon. I don't really feel like he ends up at A&M, just based on the vibes right now. And I could be dead wrong. Look, we all were dead wrong once on DJ Hicks, so who's to say we won't be again? But that's my feeling, is that the kid ends up at OU or he ends up at Oregon. Um, So Oregon's become a serious player for him, right? Obviously. uh, What does Oregon have a lot of, Steely? We've talked about it before. Phil Knight has got a little bit of cash. Exactly. And their facilities are pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, Somebody on the text line said, Ted Roof listens to Alter Bridge, not Creed. There There you go. That's that's, the best Ted Roof text we've got. Pretty good. Um, But, yeah, Oregon's in play. And, I mean, heck, the news last week, the buzz last week, was that Oregon's very much uh, in position to push to flip five-star Iowa commit Caden Proctor, who, for my money, is the best offensive tackle prospect really? in this entire class. And he's he's an Iowa kid. He's hmm. from right down the road. It was never all that far-fetched to imagine that he was just going to stay home and play for Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes, and that's what ended up happening. He's kind of, kind of a homebody of a kid. Uh, mom's a single mom, and so... Uh, 
always kind of made sense for him to stay close to home. He never gave Oklahoma the time of day. Oklahoma was all in on that kid, and he just wasn't hmm. really about it. Interesting. So, uh, the fact that Oregon now, especially with how far that is from his home, uh, is pushing very, very hard and actually looks somewhat well-positioned to be able to flip him, that would lead you to indicate that the uh, the money situation out there in Eugene is not too shabby. For which DJ we have Hicks, known. that's a long way out there, man, to Oregon. Yeah, well, but, here's, and, and and the word is on DJ Hicks, too. I mean, you talk to people around him that know him. The prevailing impression is that he's kind of a homebody as well and that he doesn't want to go too far from home. And maybe that kind of helped solidify his decision to pick Texas A&M in the first place. Not that distance to Oklahoma is necessarily a factor that needs to be overcome because, I mean, that's that's a day trip. It's not all that far from Houston. But my point in bringing that up is if Oregon can convince Caden Proctor to throw his concerns about distance from home and unfamiliarity with territory out the window, then they can do that same thing with anybody. So I would not discount Oregon when yeah. it comes to DJ Hicks. By the way, here's a good one from the 918. Ted Roof in the three-man front is a smooth jazz band. Yeah, I like that. Pretty good. Uh, they, I don't know if they'd be Ted's, the, Ted's on the saxophone. The Dave Brubeck Quartet would be the uh, the headlining act, and then we would do Ted Roof in the three man front as the opening act. So there you go. Uh, what would the bidding war be like for Marcus Dupree today? It would be there would be a, a cash flying everywhere, no doubt about it. There may have been a bidding war back in the day too, but we just didn't know much about. Um, we got a we got a text from the four hundred two, and this is actually a very relevant question: Is OU looking at Tristan Alvano out of West Side from Omaha? Tristan Alvano last night went five for five on field goals in the state championship game, including a game winner with no time remaining to secure a state title for Westside, 43-41 to 41 over Gretna. He's the first kicker in the history of the state to make five field goals in a postseason game. He may very well be the best kicker in the country, and he just picked up a full scholarship offer from Nebraska today. He wants to be a Sooner. I can tell you that much. Hmm. And so if Oklahoma – were to offer him a scholarship, which, to be fair, I think that's unlikely as things stand right now. Preferred walk-on? I think they would lock him up with a scholarship, and it wouldn't be a question. If they were to offer him a preferred walk-on spot, I think it would be a conversation. I don't know if I would necessarily favor Oklahoma just based on the fact that he does have full scholarship offers elsewhere. But at the very least, OU needs to offer a kid like that, at least a PWO, because I tweeted about him earlier. Shoot. A good kicker is worth a scholarship, and Tristan Alvano might be the country's best. All right, we got to get out of here. want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Exit 72, great deal on a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle. They have a great selection and that amazing guarantee. Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. We're going to get more locked in on recruiting and more Sooner football. Parker. Tyler McComas coming up next. Everybody have a terrific Tuesday. We will see you tomorrow.